Welcome to Authentic Conversations with Ryan James Miller. Join Ryan as he speaks with top business leaders and influencers and hear how they've mastered the art of authenticity to achieve all that they dreamed of. As you hear from these leaders, seek not only to be inspired by their authenticity, but to strive for and master your own. All right. Well, what up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Authentic Conversations. Um, I, I find myself repeating uh, so often how excited I am for the conversation I get to have, the guests uh, that I get the opportunity to share in conversation with and learn from. Uh, but this one uh, is extra special. And as interesting as this is, I rarely prepare for podcasts ahead of time. I'm rarely uh, having any nervous energy at all. <clears throat> And there is something about the guest on the other end uh, of the podcast right now that, that has put a little bit of that into me. Uh, and that's because I've had the opportunity today to, to talk with Julie Fouché. And so for anybody that uh, is a connection of mine, a friend of mine, if you uh, uh, exist in the CrossFit community, you absolutely know who Julie is. And we're going to dig into some of that today. She is a multi-time uh, multi CrossFit Games competitor. She's been on the podium multiple times. But beyond that, she's been a huge, huge advocate for health and well-being in the CrossFit community, serving uh, uh, on the game staff uh, for a period of time. She also spent the majority of her CrossFit career also uh, in medical residency and has just recently uh, moved beyond that and is a doctor and practicing uh, medicine now herself, which is just unbelievable. She hosts a podcast called Pursuing Health uh, that has had unbelievable guests, not just in the CrossFit community, but really just in the health, fitness, and well-being world. And so with that, Julie, welcome to Authentic Conversation Conversations. I'm excited. Oh, thank you. What an <laughs> intro. <laughs> I'm super excited to be here and I love authentic conversation. So what a great podcast. Uh, I, I feel like that could have kept going too, but I had to just take a <laughs> breath somewhere. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, I, I do, you know, uh, we talked just quickly offline and just so to foreshadow a little bit of what's coming, I definitely want to uh, spend a little bit of time uh, in just some highlights for me personally and, uh, and being able to discuss some of the things that you're working on, uh, but I think more importantly for everybody is just listening to uh, who you are and how you have navigated the life of working at extremely high capacity over the years in multiple roles and even dealing with some significant adversity a couple of different times, but particularly in this last year. So with that, I, I am interested to hear. So uh, from everything that I can gather, gather you started CrossFit back in 2009-ish, and by mm -hmm. 2010, you were a competitive athlete, and mm -hmm. I think that's the first year you made it to the Games, right? It was 2010. Yeah. And so... Uh. And so how, uh, you know, right into that. So you already had this passion for and direction to, to, uh, to pursue medicine, to become a doctor. And yet you also invested into becoming a professional athlete. And obviously professional athlete in CrossFit in 2010 was a bit different than professional athlete in CrossFit in 2021, but it took mm -hmm. a significant amount of commitment. And so where for you did you, do you really feel like that drive, that determination to really deeply invest into things like that started for you? 
Oh, that's a great question. I think it's funny because my mom used to ask me that question about where do you get you know, sort of your drive or your motivation? And I don't know. I think it's just always come naturally to me where even when I was little, whether it was school or different sports, I always just really threw myself into um, what I was doing. And I, I did gymnastics growing up, which I think tends to, I don't know if it is because I had perfectionist tendencies or if that created my perfectionist <laughs> tendencies, but that was definitely um, something that's always been true about me is that I'm always trying to really throw myself into something full speed ahead and constantly improve and be as, as great as I can be. Okay. And so maybe not necessarily knowing kind of where that came from, but I mean, that is an inherent characteristic of people. I, I don't really think that that's something that's taught. And so do you feel like it, it, it was something that just completely came naturally to you? Or was it something that you had to consistently work at over time to stay invested into two things? And obviously there were other things going on in your life too, but two mm -hmm. things that required so much of you because, uh, you know, people that are, are pursuing just business ownership mm -hmm. or a role like you are in the world of medicine, which takes so much life out of them or athletics, it takes so much. And people are trying to figure out how they can stay so deeply invested to excel. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. how have you been able to do that? Or, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think for me, it was really, I was very lucky with the way that both of these things came into my life. So I found CrossFit when I was about halfway done with college and I was already on my way to applying to med school. So that first summer when I um, competed in the CrossFit games, I was taking the MCAT. I had gone to do an internship um, near Washington, DC. I was submitting my med school application. So I was well on my way down this path of, of going to med school. And suddenly this thing called CrossFit came into my life. And, you know, I went to compete the first year. I had no idea what to expect, but um, I ended up, you know, qualifying and doing well. And that became a big part of my life too. And so then it just became this quest of, can I pursue both of these things simultaneously? They both were extremely important to me. And the first year of med school, when I was really, that was probably the year when I was doing both, you know, fully, there's been other years where I pulled back on one or the other, but that year was probably one of the hardest years of my life. Definitely one of the hardest years of my life, if not the hardest, um, just because I was so focused on both of those pursuits and didn't have much balance otherwise. So I would be in school full-time during the day, eight to five, I would go to the gym for three or four hours at night. I would go home, do some more homework, sleep and do it all again. And I just, I really didn't have much other balance. I didn't really have um, a lot of time for friends or family. And so it almost became um, a, a little bit isolating and almost like I had to be selfish in order to pursue both of those things. But it almost took it to a, a degree later in life that I realized was maybe not a healthy degree. Yeah. Okay. What year was that? That was 2011, 2010, okay. 11, or sorry, 11, 12. Um, was my first year of med school. So 2012 games, which actually, you know, I went through, that was a very difficult year, but I also grew a lot. So I went through a really hard time where I was trying to pursue both of them. I was not happy. I was pretty depressed. I would go to the gym and, 
pull up to the gym and just start crying and be like, turn around and go home. I can't train today. And eventually I went and talked to the counselor or no, our Dean of our med school, who was a psychiatrist. And she suggested I go talk to the school counselors. And so I started working with them and realized I had gone through a lot of stress in my life in the previous year, just with graduating college, I had lost my grandmother, who was sort of the first person in my life who I was really close to that I had lost. My uncle died unexpectedly transitioning to live in a new city, starting med school, CrossFit, like all these big things that I hadn't fully processed. And so once I was able to process those and then also ask myself the question of why I was doing both of these things, um, it really helped me to sort of change my perspective. So you know, I had been doing both of them because I always knew I wanted to apply to med school. I got in, I went. Um, and then with CrossFit, I had competed the first year I had done well. So it just seemed like a natural progression to go back and do it again the next year. And I hadn't really stopped to ask myself that question of why I was doing what I was doing. Um, I had for med school because, you know, as part of the process of applying, you write a, an essay and you really want to think about it before you make this big life decision. But with CrossFit, I never really asked myself, you know, why am I doing this? Why is it important to me? Not just because I'm good at it, but like, why do I want to go through all of the, you know, stress and pain of training every single day for hours and hours and giving up all these other things. And so once I stopped to ask myself that question and really, um, realized that it was something I wanted to do and I could identify with that purpose, it made training fun again. And I enjoyed going to the gym. I started doing well, and then that year, actually, I had my best finish at the CrossFit Games ever in 2012. It's so incredible that <clears throat> you were pursuing medicine and CrossFit. So all of this uh, world of health and fitness, and, and yet it was, it was almost doing the opposite for you, right? Like, I mean, you were physically, <laughs> in one sense, really healthy yeah. in really good shape, but it was just, it was destroying you. And I think that that's so hard sometimes for us to, to see that that's happening. You know, these things yeah. that we love, even sometimes we can get so deeply invested into that they end up actually hurting us versus helping us, you know? Yeah, it's actually, I'm glad you said that because it reminded me, I made a post probably a couple of years ago where I posted a picture of myself competing in 2011, which is right during sort of the peak of that stressful time. And just by the picture, you may think that I was really healthy because I was probably the leanest I've ever been. Like I looked like I was in great shape. I was at the CrossFit Games, but behind that picture was the fact that for probably the first and only time in my life, I was actually having physical symptoms because of the stress I was under. And, you know, I wasn't actually healthy. And so, you know, especially in the day, in the times of social media, where we see photos, it's like, people look like they have it all together. They look like they're healthy or fit. And there's so much more that's going on under the surface. And um, I think keeping that in mind is really important. Yeah. Yeah. No, gosh, it's so true. Okay. So uh, and we're going to get back into this because I think that this attaches so much to, you know, again, observation of later, later in life, but <clears throat> along the way, so I, I jumped into CrossFit and I don't know, I think it was 2013. So really started paying attention. Uh, you were back at the games in 2014, again, mm -hmm. finished on the podium one year region. And so then uh, from what I remember, uh, 2015 was going to be kind of your, your curtain call, right? You were, you yep. were going to give it everything <laughs> you had one last time. Uh, then yep. you were going to invest fully into your career, which seemed like a really wise decision and yet a, a super huge bummer. 
Um, and the uh, iconic moment uh, that um, uh, mm -hmm. everybody knows to some degree or another uh, involved you blowing out your Achilles in the middle of the regional uh, that you were leading by a good margin, if I remember correctly, mm -hmm. and thinking that your, your even regionals was over and you walk back out onto the floor, you're in a walking boot, really not even supposed to be walking, but walking boot. <laughs> you walk across the floor and proceed to turn around and handstand walk all the way across the floor. And, and, and so, all in all, I mean, that whole moment was amazing, but I think the thing that was most powerful for me, and this is gonna sound really silly, but I remember watching that live with my wife and mm -hmm. <clears throat> when you, and it, it's even kind of bringing back some of the thought, like when you yeah. walked out onto the floor after you had hurt yourself and mm -hmm. there just must've been so much disappointment and frustration, like this is it and now it's really it. Um, you had the most amazing smile on your face. <laughs> I, I remember you waving to the crowd and the crowd was cheering you on. And that is what, to me, I think one of the biggest impacts that you've left on so many people's lives, not the walking on your hands in the boot, but it was your attitude and mm -hmm. the, the, what you brought to the community and to the floor. Like you seem to always have such a positive attitude with your competitors. You seemed so kind all the time. I mean, you were a fierce competitor and wanted to win. And at the same time, you seem so respectful and everything I've ever heard anybody say say about you publicly has always been in that same vein. And so how were you able or how have, have you been able to do your best to maintain that type of attitude, even in the midst of, again, I mean, that was, that was like your legs were literally cut out from underneath you. <laughs> and so how have yeah. you been able to do that and keep that in practice? And I know that, again, that became a challenge too, but how, yeah. how has that, how has that been for you? Oh, thank you. That was very nice of you. Um, I, you know, it was a, an incredible moment. And I think one, uh, another one of the, the most incredible, memorable experiences of my life, because, and I think a big part of that was the CrossFit community, because, you know, we all are in the gym. One of the great things about CrossFit is the community and how, when you go into the gym, it doesn't matter who you are or how much weight you have on the bar, you know, people around you're going to cheer you on. And if you have a bad day, or if you're trying your last person finishing, or you're trying to get your pull up and you keep failing, like there's going to be there people there to cheer you on when you are about to give up on yourself. And I think in that moment, when I tore my Achilles and knew that my CrossFit Games career was going to be over in that way, um, it was obviously devastating at first, but um you know, knowing that the next event was a handstand walk, it was something I could do. And then once I got out there and just, you could feel the entire CrossFit community. Um, and that was such an incredible feeling. I feel so blessed that I got to feel that because I think so many people feel it on a daily basis in their gym, but I felt like the entire community, you know, in Minneapolis, but also around the world was there cheering me on and it was unbelievable. And so I think that was a big reason why it was such a positive experience for me overall. Um, and I think too, one of the things that prepared me for that, um, how to respond to that was going back to high school when I was in gymnastics and I broke my foot and that was a, you know, in high school, you feel like it's the end of the world. Like I had never had an injury. I was going to have to sit out an entire season, my junior year. It felt like the world was crashing around me. And I remember having an English teacher at that time, we were learning about existentialism and I, uh, 
I just really embodied that and felt like, okay, this is what happened. I don't have control over what happened, but I do have control over my attitude and how I respond to it. And so I tried to just make that season as positive as I could for my teammates and focus on the things that I could control and coming back to do, you know, track season later and making my senior season the best that it could be. And so I think that helped prepare me for when this adversity happened again, that was in a weird way, kind of similar with, you know, not having a, a having a foot injury or a low <laughs> injury. Um, or I just was able to kind of internalize that and focus on what I could control and just make the most of it. So, yeah, it was incredible. And I do think, you know, it's something I, I think we all struggle with just in any adversity, whether it's a small thing, like getting stuck in traffic or whether it's a really big thing, like having an injury or a big life event, um, is just reminding ourselves that to focus on things we're grateful for, to focus on what we can control and like processing those emotions and feeling them and knowing that it's okay to feel sad or frustrated or upset and, and just feeling them. And then, um, focusing on the things that we can control and, making it a positive experience for ourselves and the people around us. Which sounds like, you know, it's funny. I coach my clients on the same thing all the time, right? Focus on what you can control and just allow the things that you can't to play themselves out as they are. It sounds so easy until you really have to do it, right? (laughs) As much as we ingrain that into us, it just, it, 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 again, it just becomes so hard because especially when we're, when we're in heavy pursuit of something we're really passionate about, or, you know, we're, 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 we're used to performing at a high level. It's like, no, 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 I I can do more than this. Like I, I, Mm -hmm. I can do better. And it's like, no, 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 you can only control what you can control. And so I Mm -hmm. think that's so wise. And it can be so so automatic. It's so ingrained in us, especially mm -hmm. like a type A personality that you almost have to remind yourself on like a second by second basis sometimes, because you just go back into that mindset of trying to control everything. And, you know, it's something I am always still kind of like struggling with or working on is that balance between constantly wanting to improve and seek betterment, but also having grace for yourself and not, you know, trying to over control situations. I, I, what you said there at the very end, I think is such an amazing bit of wisdom that is overlooked. And that is giving grace to yourself. Right. I mean, you know, we, it's easy or easier. I think a lot of times to give grace to other people, mm-hmm. but doing that for ourselves is such an amazing gift, but it becomes something that we're just so opposed to naturally. It's like, we're so hard on ourselves and mm-hmm. we push and push and push, but sometimes we just need to give ourselves a break. And that's so hard to do. It is. We're our own worst critics most of the time. So bad. So bad. Okay. So for sake of, I guess, some time, um, you, from that moment, you continued to, to play some roles in the games. I know you went back to regionals a couple of times after that. You went to compete on a team for a season, which was mm-hmm. great to see you back out you know, on the floor, even in that regard. And, and then you made a big shift right away from competitive athlete um, and focused again more intensely on your medical pursuits or your medical career. The podcast really got going and you were just killing it there. And so again, it it just, it it felt like you were just, the ball was still rolling. It was just efforts (laughs) were going in a different direction. And then um, fast forwarding all the way to present day, because again, I want to make sure that we capture this, or I guess somewhat present day. So you, things all in all seem to be going 
fairly well from you for mm -hmm. you uh, again you know from an outside perspective and then i want to read this verbatim because i feel like this will be helpful to give context and i'm actually going to link to some of this stuff uh when uh when we produce this episode but mm -hmm. um so then back at the beginning of the year which obviously uh, even just in general uh 2020 was a, a horrendous year for everybody in, in so many ways right pandemic and injustice and politics and so many things happening crossfit went to war with itself <laughs> in many ways. And I know that you stepped aside from uh, being on CrossFit staff because of what was happening there with Glassman and thank God correction has been made there. And it seems to be moving in an amazing direction. Um, <clears throat> but in January, you posted this. And I, I think this, this was just what captured it so uh, amazingly for me. So you posted something that said, how often do you fight living the life you think others expect of you versus living what you know to be true in your own heart? Mm -hmm. And then the first words of the caption in your post said, I'm a little embarrassed to admit, but the way I portrayed my life to you all, and even to my closest friends and family in the past, made it seem like I was living the ideal life, while deep down I was experiencing a lot of internal struggle. Mm. And I, again, I feel like it, it was just such an awakening moment for anybody that would have read that, but for you, how, like, how do you get yourself to a place where you feel like you can express something like that? Because, I mean, obviously what you would share in a series of posts over time, there were some really, really difficult personal situations you were dealing with. Um, but you have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of eyes and ears on you. You have set an, an amazing tone for who you are and your character and your work ethic and your desires as a human being. And then you, you come out and say, you know, something obviously to the effective and then give context to it. But, um, you know, I, I haven't been portraying life as it has been. And so mm -hmm. what brought you to that internally? And, and how did you feel like that was the best way to communicate what was happening with you? Wow, there's a lot there. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll back up a little bit and just say that post was, I believe, in January of this year of 2021. And I think for me, like the six months prior, were just a period. And even since, obviously, there's still been tremendous growth. But the six months prior were just a period of tremendous growth for me. So I finished my residency in, about a year ago at the end of June, 2020. And like you had said, you know, and like I had mentioned my whole life, I had basically been constantly go like trying to achieve, like doing whether it was gymnastics in high school, school, college, getting into med school, CrossFit, um, residency, board exams, like podcasts, all of these things. My life was just full of constantly chasing like what the next milestone was. And I thought I did a pretty good job of trying to identify with my purpose. Like I mentioned that one year, you know, really trying to slow down and ask myself why I was doing the things I was doing. Um, but I, and so I thought I was on an okay track, but for the first time in my life, basically last a year ago, I found myself without a next step. Like I knew, I thought that I wanted to open a direct primary care practice, but because of COVID and because of some delays, 
I sort of put that on hold at least for a few months. I, you know, I had a good friend who suggested to me, you know, you, if you open a practice three months from now or six months from now, it's probably not going to make a big difference in the long run, but that time and the difference that it will make in your life in terms of figuring out what you want to do and who you are and where you want to go, um, could be priceless. And so I'm glad that I followed that advice and it, it turned out that that time was really important. Um, and I'm so glad that I took it then because so often we're just chasing the next thing and what we think we're supposed to be doing, whether it's a job, the next, you know, with medicine, you know, residency, fellowship, you know, career, whether it's, um, you know, marriage and a dog and children and, you know, the white picket fence, all of those things, like we constantly are just living life and chasing the next thing. And for the first time in my life, I, I didn't have a next thing. I knew I wanted to still practice medicine. I wanted to do primary care and prevention and CrossFit. All these things are really important to me, but I didn't know when I was going to start. I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. And I was just, I just gave myself some space and it was very uncomfortable at first because I'm a planner and I like to have a plan A and B and C and D. And I was fortunate that I was able to take that time. I was in a position to be able to take a little bit of time to breathe. And it just, you know, it was different than, you know, going on a week vacation where you just have fun and relax and read a few books. And then you jump right back into it. It was like, I finally really got to start sitting with just who I was and where my life was going and got into doing a lot of meditation, um, a lot of reading more kind of like personal development, spiritual type books, um, and just let myself be. And in that time period, I realized that how some of these patterns had affected me. So it wasn't that I was intentionally trying to misrepresent my life or pretend like I had it all together, but really I was miserable. It was more of, like you said, this awakening of myself of realizing like, oh my gosh, why am I doing the things that I'm doing? And um, what are the things in my life that led me to make certain decisions that maybe aren't the decisions that are really true to who I am. They're just who I think the world wants me to be. So hmm. um, one of those being just constantly chasing achievement and having that as a focus. Another one being because I was constantly doing that and I was so focused on all the things I thought I had to be doing, I wasn't really investing and in spending time with and surrounding myself with real um, like close friendships and people that I knew I could trust, um, and that I would tell everything to. And so there were a lot, there were several times where I made decisions in my life where I would have benefited a lot from taking that, <laughs> running those decisions by some close friends or my mom and bouncing ideas off of them and under helping them kind of talk me through it. And so that became a big focus. I spent a lot of time, one, just repairing sort of relationships um, with family and then with friends and really starting to identify like, who are those people in my life that I want, that I trust their opinion. And I know they want the best for me and they're going to even give me the hard um, truth, even if I don't want to hear it, they're not just going to tell me what I want to hear. Um, and so that was extremely healing for me. And then looking at social media also, you know, I never thought I was a person who was too wrapped up in social media because I didn't, you know, I thought, well, you know, I try to post on it. I feel very fortunate that I have this platform that CrossFit has given me that, you know, I can reach people. And through that and the podcast, I know I felt this big responsibility to use it for good, but it almost became suffocating at times. And I wanted, I felt so much pressure to use it for good. And then I would feel you almost fall into these traps of 
well, the algorithms work this way. So you have to at least post every day or every other day. And you find yourself posting about stuff that doesn't really matter. Um, just for the sake of posting, you find yourself getting caught up in all the little addictive tendencies that it has by how many likes and how many comments and who viewed your stories and all these things that don't really matter. And so I kind of woke up to that and I deleted my social media for a while. I got off of it. Um, I took some time for myself. I spent some time, actually one of the best experiences I've had uh, going and fasting for five days and doing like a silent retreat by myself, um, which was just amazing for getting all of the clutter out of my head. Like there's some, even just being able to send a text message or an email or look something up on your phone, you don't realize how much stimulation that has. And so fasting and also getting away from all technology and communication, it just really helped to clear my head um, and help me to really get down to like the truth of who I am and what like hard decisions I needed to make in order so that I could be living the life that really aligned with who I am and who I wanted to be. Um, and so through all of that, you know, I made a lot of realizations and just realized, even though I didn't, I hadn't probably consciously realized it at the time that I had been sort of portraying this life of being like, okay, everything's great. And, um, things look good, but internally there was a lot of struggle that I don't think I was even really aware of myself that I started to become aware of and then started to, to heal. And I think that, you know, social media, everybody portrays their best self and their best life and everybody is dealing with something. And I think it's important just to be, to be real about it. And so that's what I was trying to share in that post. Okay, there's a couple of things that I, I want to reach back into that you said. So <laughs> I, I think that last one is extremely helpful, just in the sense that, you know, it it sounds amazing to want to be ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it is one of the scariest things. I don't care whether oh, you have scary. seven people following you or half a million people following you, yeah. you know, it's to, to, to be vulnerable, which again, I think, demonstrated the impact that this had on your life, you know, the, the, the vulnerability and the willingness to put yourself out there and be honest about your own personal shortcomings or struggles or whatever. Mm -hmm. Again, particularly, there's a lot more weight and impact when it's yeah. you versus, you know, yeah. a seven person with seven followers, but like, that's so powerful. And, and yet it's so hard to do. Um, it is. And I think at the end of the day, like one thing I realized too is we, what we all just want is to be like loved and accepted. And so for part of it, for me, a lot of it first was like learning to love myself more mm. because like you said, we're our own harshest critics. And so that was a big part of it. And then finding that inner circle of people, like my friends and family who I know are going to love me for me, no matter what. And once you have that, you know, it doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks. And so I think that is also what help me to be more vulnerable in those posts is just knowing that, you know, I, I post them to hopefully be able to help someone else who's going through a similar situation or maybe have, you know, ask, inspire somebody to step back and think about their own life. And if there's things that they wanted to address, but or sort of change or think about, but at the end of the day, like what anybody else thinks doesn't really affect sort of how I feel about myself or how my close friends and family feel. Well, and actually you hit on both of the things that, you know, that really stood out to me. And, you know, that first one being, if, 
I don't do the work to understand myself and then love myself. Mm-hmm. Again, we know we have flaws. We want to grow. We want to get better. We want to improve. But if we don't love that person, it is impossible for us to even find the right people to be connected to, mm-hmm. never mind actually have those healthy relationships. So I love that you said that and that first. And then two, you know, finding that close community of people that is there to love you, care for you, support you, protect you, shelter you, mm-hmm. you know, lift you up. It's just so important. And again, I just think that those are things that uh, mentally they, they seem like, oh yeah, that's so obvious. But the, the practicality in putting that into regular practice is so challenging to mm-hmm. do, especially when something you said earlier, which I thought was so powerful was you talked about the fact that you were doing all this stuff for good and you were using the opportunities that God was giving you to, 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 to exercise good on the platform. And yet it was suffocating you. Right. And so it's like, you you can have great intentions and be doing good things and it can still be so destructive if you don't have that good perception of yourself and then have those people around you that are willing to be really honest in the good and the bad with you. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, you know, you, you can have continued on this journey um, over the last now, obviously, you know, year, year and a half um, Mm -hmm. of this self-work, kind of rediscovering who you are to some degree. Um, It seems like it's kind of funny because I, um, you know, following you on social media, uh, something that stood out to me, you know, not everything pops up all the time, uh, but there was a post you just had, I don't know, it was a couple of days ago, and Mm -hmm. it looks like you were out at the lake or something. And you have this (laughs) unbelievable smile on your face. (laughs) And I mean, I'm sure it was intentional in sharing that picture that way. But again, it brought me back to you standing on the floor at regionals in the face of adversity. And and it it seems as though you finding yourself has really brought this whole new light to who you are and what you're all about. It has. And thank you for recognizing that and saying that, because I think that's been one of the coolest things for me is just people, other people seeing it. Like when I see people I haven't seen in a long time, they recognize it. They're like, wow, your smile is brighter. You feel lighter. You just seem really happy. And it's true. I feel it. And when other people recognize it, um, it just kind of validates even more. Um, And it's not to say that it hasn't been hard. Like I still have extremely hard days but I just embrace embrace it and realize that like making the decision to go through the hard things um, and embrace it and feel it also allows you to you know live authentically as yourself and then experience this incredible joy that I never was experiencing before because there was part of me that just wasn't um, wasn't aligned and so Um, that post is funny too, because I also, I still don't have a great, I'm still kind of tiptoeing about social media. Like I probably post every couple of weeks and I'm just trying to be very intentional about how I use it and not let it have a negative impact on me. But this past weekend I was in, um, Michigan with my family for 4th of July, Northern Michigan, which is where I just spent all my my time as a kid. And it just has that, like special place sort of like my happy place that I go to in my head and so it was just so amazing to be there and I was so happy and um in that picture also I'm super 
uh, it's weird for me to think about even posting. I was wearing a bathing suit and a life jacket. I had just been on the jet ski. And even the idea of posting a picture of myself in a bathing suit, I don't love, but I like love that picture because of the smile. So I'm glad that you said that. That's the reason why I posted it. Yeah, I mean, it just, uh, again, you know, following a journey, anybody's journey, you know, we we can all track with the highs and lows of life. And I think that some of the, the greatest opportunities are to be there with each other in the valley of the shadow of death and walking through that together in the way that we're bound together. But then also there is something about seeing stories of redemption. And, um, you know, as somebody personally that has God at the center of my entire life and really understanding what redemption is and knowing Mm -hmm. that while there is one final story of redemption, there are all Mm -hmm. these moments for God to redeem our lives in in Mm -hmm. sometimes massive ways and other times just little microscopic ones. I just think that that was a picture of it was like, gosh, like, I don't know you at all other than what, you know, we just see on social media or on TV or whatever, but it just feels like redemption. And gosh, does that feel so good to watch somebody else bear themselves and come to the place that you, again, you know, you still want to grow and go and do, but you just feel like you're yourself. And and Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't understand how we could really ever want anything other than that. Right. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I've felt that too. I would just say through this process, I've, I've previously been in my life, a religious person, but I would say in the last year, since going through this process, I've just come to develop a personal relationship with God in an incredible way. And it's, it is, like you said, once you, you have that and you understand again, it's sort of this like giving up of control or understanding how God is working in your life. It makes it so much, um, you can have so much more faith through those moments that don't make sense or those moments that are hard and just know that this is just God shaping you into the person that you are meant to be and embracing that as a lesson instead of fighting it. Um, and it's amazing to see what happens through, like you said, small moments or big moments and whether that's, you know, people listening, whether it's, you believe in God or it's, the universe or your creator or whatever. Um, it's, it's just really, it's really been incredible. And in the biggest part of my development over the last year. I, I love that you said that because that was actually what I was, was going to conclude with and thinking about, you know, that's <laughs> one thing that again, it seemed somewhat obvious to me over the years, just in some of the things you've said and the way you've said them, that that was a part of your life, but Mm -hmm. you speaking specifically to how that was something that you invested far more into. And then hearing you Mm -hmm. say, you know, that impact, I feel like it's something that's so necessary for us because Mm -hmm. again, you know, we, it's so hard to live the life that we do and do the things that we do. And someone we can understand that outside of us, God is for us and he mm-hmm. is working through this process with us. I mean, every moment of tragedy and I've had some horrific tragedy in my life, like everything on the backside mm-hmm. of that has been this, again, the story of redemption, like this, mm-hmm. you know, beauty from ashes moment. And it just, yeah. it, it seems like, again, for you, that's just been such a big part of the story for you, which is unreal. Yes. Yes. It's incredible. And once you can see it, I think 
for me, one of the biggest moments in that period, right after I finished residency, one of the first books I read was The Alchemist. Hmm. And when I read it, it just, I started writing down kind of like all these moments in my life and piecing them together. And through this process, just being able to see all those moments that didn't make sense or that were hard or that were, you know, I wrote down the moment about my Achilles. Like they really all do tie together and they really, there was important things I learned from each one that brought me to who I am today. And I know every challenge that I go through from this point forward is also just shaping me. And so um, it's really incredible when you look at your life that way. Hmm, that's good. Okay. I think that we're going to land the plane. And as we do, <laughs> so what, what are you hopeful for in this next season of life uh, as you kind of look forward for yourself? Oh, that's a great question. Wow. Well, already I feel like so much, um, so many great things have started coming into my life, but I'm, I'm just hopeful to continue down this path of like, like I said, just continuing to become fully the person, the woman that God created me to be and, and how that manifests in the world or the things that I do or the people that I develop relationships with. Um, I'm really excited and passionate still about health and about CrossFit and about how we can really shape the future of primary care around what's happening in CrossFit gyms. You know, those are really the centers of where health is created. And if we can make that kind of the center of what primary care should be, I think it's extremely powerful. And, um, you know, as well, I also do want to eventually have a family. I want to have kids, um, continue to nurture those relationships with the people who are important to me and spend time with them and, um, just keep growing in every way. I love it. I, I love every bit of that. And <clears throat> we could go, at least I could go hours and hours exploring so much of your passion for health and fitness and the way that those collide in such wonderful ways. And, um, but I think we'll leave it at that because I, I think that what you've shared is again, just a wonderful example of what I was hoping for. And that's really being authentic and, and really being able to walk through life as open and honest and transparent as possible, knowing your audience, uh, you know, along the way and uh, just allowing yourself to be and, and, and to become the, the best version of yourself. And I love that you say, I mean, I talk to everybody about being the man and being the woman that God created you to be. And mm -hmm. you just said that so well. So <clears throat> I have to say to you, I, I started it off kind of this way and, you know, I will continue to say it. I mean, you've probably heard this more times than you will ever remember, but you are an absolute inspiration to so many people, <clears throat> including me. I just feel like um, beyond your athleticism that's been amazing and beyond your passion and pursuit of fitness and your podcasting and everything else you just carry yourself as such an amazing human being in this world and yes you have struggles and yes you have flaws but you've just done such a wonderful job of modeling that in a world that needs it so bad and so from me to you thank you so much i'm sure that so many people feel the same way that will listen so julie thank you Oh, thank you so much, Ryan. That is so nice. And um, I really appreciate it. It means a lot. And I would just, um, again, give all, all the credit to God, because, you know, I think we, we all try to live our lives the best we can and walk the walk. But at the end of the day, um, it's just, you know, it's not really us. Yeah, no, for sure. 
All right, guys. Well, that wraps up another episode of Authentic Conversations. As always, feedback is welcome. You can reach out to me. You know how to get me. I'm going to make sure to put quite a few different links into the show notes. You got to see the boot handstand walk if you have not yet. That's an iconic moment for Julie. I'll link that there. I'll link to her Instagram profile. You can follow her uh, to Pursuing Health, the podcast that she has, and just make sure to pay attention because, um, you know, again, her being her and admiring that and striving to to live in a similar manner is such an unbelievable way to live your life. But if you're passionate about fitness, you're passionate about health, she is somebody that is making significant strides with primary care, with CrossFit, with innovations in medicine and healthcare overall. And so make sure you give her a follow, connect with her. And until next time, thank you guys so much. Be you, be happy, be authentic. Thank you for listening to Authentic Conversations with Ryan James Miller. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and share it with others. To connect with Ryan and learn more, visit ryanjamesmiller.com.